Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Christina Kudlock. She has mastered 100% virtual wholesaling, and she's done this in competitive markets as well. What I think you'll appreciate most about our episode today is we really kind of get nitty gritty on tips and strategies on how to differentiate yourself and not just try to go after the leads, but actually get have them come to you, which is always a much better place to be in. Absolutely. And if you don't want to become a wholesaler, we also talked about like the cash buyer, right? How to find the wholesaler. What are the best tips? And once you get that relationship, the leads will also come your way. When you close them and the deals flow, it will continue doing that. So this is all about wholesaling, but wholesaling is not just this hobby that you do once in a while. If you want to wholesale, it is a business. If you don't want to wholesale, you better partner up with wholesalers. That's how it works. Enjoy this episode. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, filing with 100% accuracy and getting your max refund guaranteed. So whether you started a podcast, side-hustled your way to some extra income, flipped a house, or finally bought your first rental property, your moves made a big difference in your life last year. Now it's time to make the most of your moves. Switch to TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where every week we are interviewing some amazing women in the business of growing their wealth in their own way, on their own terms. Right, Andressa? Indeed. Yeah. And that's what we're all about. Christina, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you for spending time with us and the women and men who like our show, uh, listening and, and excited to hear your story here. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. We're going to jump into your story as we'd like to fairly quickly. For those joining us for the first time or those who come back every week, thank you. We always like to kind of kick things off with a quick little mention of something, a little lesson to bring into your day, into your week. So it's my turn to do that this week. So I'm going to share uh, an experience I had on a, on a mastermind we hold with our investor EXP team. 
And it's a quarterly mastermind where, you know, the team, obviously, just like real estate agents, right? Their main focus is growing their agent business. What's so special about our Investor EXP team is to really grow your investments too. And Andres and I became really passionate about that when we attended a conference many years ago where so many real estate agents are not investing themselves. So anyway, on this mastermind, I want to share this as a quick little tip for those listening. I hear this so many times with, with our members and community members that women just don't know which road to take. And a woman on our our mastermind was saying, I'm in an expensive market and I don't know if I should just go all in on a short-term rental here. It'll be my first short-term rental or I'm experienced in multifamily, I'm experienced with small multis. Should we go out of state and buy a duplex or something that we bought before like a small multi? And I'm really struggling with this because my husband's in construction and then she just starts sharing a little bit about her story and her struggles and her challenges, right? Which we do on these mastermind calls with our team. And, you know, first thing you have to take a deep breath. Okay. Take a deep breath. And then the second thing we were really helping her through was, you know, where do you want to be in that in five years? You know, like, and so many times we forget to ask that question of ourselves and because why that's important is in the road will figure, you'll figure out which road to take. It will become a little clearer if it's aligned with your long-term vision. That's number one. Number two, I'm a really big fan of mitigating risk. So in other words, once you answer that question, you'll know, hey, which strategy here might mitigate my risk? So I'm going to go out of state in a new market, but go with an asset class that I know or stay close to home and go down a new niche, a new strategy. And there's no right and wrong, but as, as we noodled it and talked through it and really kind of got to the core of her, her strengths, her husband's strengths, it really became very evident that the duplex out of state made a little more sense at this time for her basis, those two answers. So ladies listening, keep taking that step back, take a deep breath. There's no right and wrong. And when you really start to say, how do I mitigate the risk? And what, what, what can I bring to the table? And what makes sense to do now? And then you go with it and you take action for that. So I just wanted to share that because it was a good thought that you know we don't have to have the right answers, but we have to just work them through to see what is aligned with our future. So I thought that might be helpful for the women to listen, listening could, could take into their worlds. So with that, I want to jump into, we want to jump into Christina's uh, story. Uh, Christina, we always like to kind of kick things off with the question of, you know, what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning of my journey, I guess it was right after the everything with the market kind of crashed back in 08. And a few years later, you know, you could get properties for dirt cheap. And it was basically, I didn't intend for it to be an investment or it was just for me to live there. But I put a lot of sweat equity into it. My dad kind of helped me flip it and lived there for a few years. But about five years later, I sold it for more than, you know, twice what I bought for it. So I was like, hmm, this is, there might be something to this. Right. And so that was kind of like my first bout with real estate and, and investing. You know, a few years later after that, I tried to, I, I decided I did want to get into real estate and got my license or went through the process to get a license. And, you know, as I was doing that, I was like, mm, you know what, this really isn't for me. I don't, I, I had no desire to, to actually be an agent. And so shortly after that, I actually discovered wholesaling and I was just like blown away. I was like, wow, I didn't even know you could do that. Right. And so um, that was actually when I was in the process of moving to California and moved to LA. It was when I started dating my now husband. And so, yeah, when I stumbled across wholesaling, that's when I was like, I'm going to do this instead. So I think a lot of people underestimate wholesaling. Yeah. <laughs> and they think, oh, 
I'll just start with the quote unquote easy strategy, which is wholesaling. I won't put any big investment into it mm-hmm. and let's see how it goes. And I, I I couldn't disagree more with that. I think wholesaling, it's a business on its own. If you treat it as a business, Absolutely. you've got to invest in different systems, different processes, and you've got to like master your skill with, you know, talking to sellers and, and following up and having that structure in place. So I, I don't want to, you know, uh, throw some like cold water in all the women that are listening that want to start wholesaling. I just want to set the right expectations because if you run the business and that's what we're going to talk about it today, if you run it properly, it works. But if you just Absolutely. like treat it as like, oh, here and there and expect that beautiful return at the end on, on your investment, just a waste of time. Yeah, absolutely. And it can vary, you know, wholesale deals don't take nearly as long as, you know, a fix or flip or, you know, any other strategy for that matter. So it can be like, you know, you are very much on to the next one. So you do have to have that consistency. Otherwise, you know, you know, a deal here and there doesn't really, I mean, depending on what market you're in, right? So for the women that are looking to wholesale, right? What are the first steps? What do they need to put in place in order to gather their business up and running? Yeah. Marketing. I mean, I, I like to always say that a wholesale, a wholesaling business first and foremost is basically a marketing company, right? You need to have really consistent lead flow coming in and always, um, you know, filling a pipeline with more leads and, you know, bringing people through to closing and stuff. And, you know, after you close, you're looking for more leads, right? So consistent leads is number one for sure. And that is one of the biggest challenges nowadays, right? Right. (laughs) So how do you resolve that? Yeah. I mean, I think you can't rely on just one marketing channel. You definitely have to have some consistency across a few different channels so that if, if you're starting to see some issues with one, then you do have, you know, two, three other channels that can keep you going while you're, you know, trying to dial in what might be going with wrong with one of your other marketing channels. Tell us a little about what what those channels are. So, like, let's break that down even further. Yeah, what, what's one one of them that you're using, especially in today's market? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a competitive market still. So, my number one lead strategy is SEO. So, people finding me on the internet and you know typing something into Google like "sell my house quickly" and then being one of the first ones to pop up. And so, it's my favorite lead you know, generation strategy, just because the leads come to you a lot differently than like, let's say something like cold calling or texting, where you're reaching out to other people and seeing if they, if they want to sell, right. And they're like, who are you? Like you're Joe Schmo calling me, you know, kind of a thing. Whereas with SEO leads, those are people who found you and they've already decided that they want to sell. You're not trying to interrupt someone in their day and see like, who might have selling at the back of their, their mind and, you know, trying to pull them away from their day to have a conversation with you. These, the SEO leads, they're people who have already decided that they want to sell. They're reaching out to you because they want an offer today, tomorrow. Some they're, they're ready to act quickly. So those are definitely my favorite leads. The ones that we concentrate on, on the most. So it's a, it's a big mental shift, right? Instead mm-hmm. of hunting for the leads, you're attracting the leads and exactly. therefore you're just calling them back 
to talk about the deal that exactly. they already describe it over there. That right. can be time consuming if you don't have the systems in place. So in my head, you talked about having the website. Talk to me about the funnel that you have behind the scene. And did you build that yourself? Did you hire a company to build? Because a lot of the women that are listening is like, I cannot even think about all the details that goes around it. So I'm curious to see what was your experience? Yeah. So with SEO, there's not too much funnels involved, but um, with like, we do a lot of Facebook marketing as well. And there's a ton of funnels for that. And that is definitely something that I've hired another company to do because you're essentially using a lead magnet, right? You want to put your offers out out there and give some, give your sellers a reason to want to contact you and what you can offer, things like that. And that can be really complicated and time consuming and quite frankly, not really anything I care to get to learn too much mm -hmm. about. So walk me through the process when somebody comes to your website, mm -hmm. they put their information there and then that goes to a CRM. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So if they put their information in, then that's the first lead form. And then what happens is because the very first lead form, very simple, it's just the address their phone number and email. I don't even ask for their name, right? I'm just trying to get the least amount, but the most important information for us. From there, it takes them to a second lead form, um, which is going to ask their name. It's going to ask them lots of questions about the property and you know, how much they're looking to get for the property. A really cool kind of trick that I've learned too is like asking someone how much they want for the property and then asking again, well, if we were to pay all for all of the closing costs, all of there's no commissions. We pay for everything. What's the lowest you'd take? And it's cool because sometimes people will talk themselves down like a hundred, like a hundred grand for, you know, so just by asking that second question. So that's kind of a cool tip. But from there, after they do the second lead form, then yeah, I have a, a connection set up a Zapier, Zapier, um, so that, it, yeah, so that it automatically gets um, pushed over to our CRM. And then from there, and then it also like we, I get a text notification, my acquisitions manager, she gets a text notification. We got email notifications and we're jumping on those leads and, and calling them. What's the CRM that you're currently using? I use Forefront. So in the fear of virtual, right? Mm -hmm. you, you find an opportunity, you know, you jump on that opportunity and it's in, you know, where's the furthest that you've closed? So we've done stuff in New Mexico and Texas. We get just some random stuff, but most of our deals are in Los Angeles. I'm no okay. longer in Los Angeles. I'm in, um, I'm in Arizona now. Um, but even the deals that we do here in Arizona, most of the time we don't even go to see them. It's just, it's everything is virtual. It, you have to walk that through with that. Yeah. So, you know, you're on the phone, Sounds like, how are you assessing? Because we always talk about deal criteria, right? Right. It has to fit these seven things, these five things, whatever. How do you know you want to take the next step? And what is the next step? Since you're not going to physically drive there. Right. Curious, curious what that looks like. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that we're going to do is run our numbers on the property, look at comps, see everything that's sold and just get really clear on how much we'd be able to resell it for or what the ARV would be and get pictures. So usually... It's really cool, especially because of COVID. COVID has really shifted people's mindsets so that they're very open to the fact of like now, you know, I, 
there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily want a bunch of people just like coming through their house. And so it has made people very perceptive to, oh, could you send me pictures of, of the property? So, you know, more often than not, we we just get pictures directly from the seller that they took themselves. Um, every now and then you get, you know, like well, some older couples or some older sellers who aren't too tech savvy and don't want to, you know, and you don't want to burden them with, Hey, take pictures. So we can just send a property runner out there and um, have somebody go and take pictures for us. We use like different kinds of services. I think one, one of them is called BPO photo flow, And then we've also in some of the like more remote areas, we've just like hired somebody that's local and and found somebody to just go over and take pictures and then use that to run our numbers. In terms of like the numbers that make sense. And then like so much of what I, what I I understand, because I never, I actually never did a whole lot of wholesaling Mm -hmm. and talking to homeowners. We work with wholesalers, quite honestly. We knew early on that was just something, um, not that I didn't want to do. I actually would really probably like talking to homeowners, knowing my personality, but it just wasn't something we focused our energies on. I'm curious though, like there's so much of, that's so important in this business, right? Really Mm -hmm. making, how do you differentiate, you know, not just the offer, but the connection. And I've understood that to be very important when you're doing this virtually. Are you setting up Zoom meetings with these people? Like, is there any contact? Is it literally just this is the offer? Do you accept it? Like, wh- what does your process look like around that? Because I, I think there's a humanness to this, to wholesale, to the wholesaling business. Why are they going to go with you or, or someone else? And sure, I would think virtual makes a difference. You know, so it, it impacts that. I should say a hundred percent. And I do think that one of since our our number one lead generation strategy is SEO. I think that that's what really does help to give us an edge. Because people have come to our website and like, you can see it. I'm all over my website, my acquisitions, like there's pictures of us, there's videos of us. So it does give people a chance to really interact with us and feel like, not that they know us, but at least have some sort of a comfortability with us because they've seen our faces. We've chatted on the phone. Oh, and like you get people all the time. They're like, oh, is that that's you, like who I saw like there. And so like they make that connection that way. So I I do think that really helps. But then beyond that, you know, we, we do have several phone calls with them usually. So from the first phone call, we set the stage and let them know like, yeah, this is, this usually takes about 15, 20 minutes. Um, Do you have time for that? And, you know, sit down and try and learn about every aspect of their house and why not even their house, but why they want to sell and just really build rapport with them and let them know that, you know, from this phone call, we're going to be taking all the information so that we can go use that to run our numbers and get an idea of what we're going to be able to pay for the property. And then from there, you know, after we do run our numbers, then usually we get back on for another phone call and talk about the numbers further, tell them where we're at, why we're there. And we just really try to explain our process of how we arrived to this number. And I think that really does. It's not just like, here's our offer. We're, we're not just like sending a piece of paper and then you know, waiting for them to sign. We do try to like walk them through what our offer is and why it is that. Christina, those look great, right? But Talk to me about the mistakes, the mistakes mistakes, that you're like thinking about it. You're like cringe. And then of course, those are all great because then you cannot, you don't make them, them again. Right. Mm -hmm. But I I would like to hear from you. What are the things they say? Listen, I dropped the ball there very badly and screw the deal because of that. But then I learn and then move forward. I think those are also important for the woman to hear it. 
Absolutely. Right. And that's how, that's how you learn and get better. But definitely, I mean, just fudging your numbers, really. That's the the thing that, that I'm always, especially if it's a new market and we don't know what we need. So like, for instance, in LA, I know any, anything that's like in LA proper LA city, I can move at like 85% of the ARV minus whatever the repairs are. If it's in that area, I know it like the back of my hand, I know what I can be able to sell it for. But if you deviate outside of that area, like for instance, we had a property last month in San Bernardino County in the mountains. So it's an area that I don't have as many buyers for as I would somewhere in LA, right? It's a little bit more remote. The people aren't buying houses for a primary residence there. It's usually like a vacation home and stuff. And so the numbers change a little bit. And so just not being as certain of your numbers and then having to go back to the seller and let them know, hey, we're, we we can't get it done at this number. And especially like when you are just working off of pictures and you're not having eyes on property before you make that offer, there's always, you know, there's a a host of unknowns that can be at play there. And to try to avoid that as much as possible, we, especially if, you know, not knowing, Hey, what is the spread I'm going to need to to have and and to be able to move this talking to realtors in the area or getting a, a feel of other people who are much more familiar with that, that area and those surroundings and the market there can be really helpful. Hey there, fellow libation lovers. Let's talk about something that's sure to tickle your taste buds. Total Wine and More. Are you ready to embark on a journey through the aisles of endless possibilities? Total Wine and More is your one-stop shop for all things wine, whiskey, and everything in between. From the smoothest Cabernets to the boldest bourbons, they've got it all. And the best part? Their team of friendly guides is here to help you navigate through the maze of choices. Need a recommendation? They've got you covered. But wait, it gets even better. Total Wine & More offers convenient curbside pickup and delivery, so you can stock up on your favorites without ever leaving your car or home. So, what are you waiting for? Dive into the world of Total Wine & More today and discover your next favorite libation. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. That's TotalWine.com. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. And just to jump onto that question that Andressa just said, when it comes to, like, sounds like given acquisitions, director, mm-hmm. you have someone who's doing that for you. And I don't know what your whole team looks like, mm-hmm. but you're growing, you've grown your team, you've grown your processes and systems when it comes to that stuff too. What, what would you wish you knew as you were, you know, as you were building this and as you built it, what would, you know, would have been really helpful for you to know uh, early on. So you could have avoided some mistakes there too, because it's, it's sometimes I just, I want to make a point of this. There's so much of this business is like the craft and the art, right? The 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 actual homeowners and the deal flow. Mm-hmm. But so much of this business and so many of the women in our community, um, as they master that, right? You're, you're really mastering systems and processes and teams, 100%. just like any growing company. So right. that's a big, big issue and a big area of growth a lot of the women in our community have. So curious to get you know, the mistakes from those, from those areas too, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I wish, I guess, you know, if, if anything, I wish I would have done differently, or I guess it done sooner is hired people sooner. I think I tried too long to just be like a solopreneur and do everything myself and try to just take on too much. And it really does 
you know, prevent you from growing. You need other people. And, um, and honestly, other people is what make it more fun too, just because I mean, I, I have a home office, right. And so it's just, it could be, it could be a very lonely pursuit if you are just doing it alone. So building my team has been, um, probably one of the scarier things because you, you do start giving up, you know, the, the control and that can be a scary thing, but, you know, just finding people that jive with, with your vision. And, you know, I, I think like my acquisitions manager, she's way better with people than I am, you know, like I'm good at talking with people just because I built that skill out of necessity from, you know, needing to talk to sellers, but it's not quite frankly, it's not, not really anything that I enjoy. Um, whereas Paige, my acquisitions manager, like she thrives talking to people. Right. And she gets like jazzed from a great conversation and everything. Whereas like for me, if I'm talking to too many people a day, like kills my spirit a little bit, you know, and not too many people a day, I should say, but like the transactional side of, of wholesaling, right. Like just conversations with sellers that I just don't, I don't get energy from it. Whereas Paige, she, she gets energy from something like that. So finding people that, you know, that have skills that you don't and can do things easier than, than you can sometimes, um, it could be really hard to find that person, especially someone that you could trust too and everything, but I would have hired faster if, if I could rewind. In terms of expectations, we see a lot on, on social media, people waving their checks with tons of yeah. numbers, right? Yeah. I love it when I see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. Right. Mm -hmm. Good. Go for you. If that rocks your boat or whatever that say is, go for you. Talk to me about what is a realistic spread on, on the profit. And I know depending on the market, depending on the prop, there's a lot of depends on it. Sure. But for you, what are you looking for when you're, when you're putting a deal together, what type of profit you're looking to make in a single deal? We usually aim for at least 20 to 25,000 per deal. But that is something I will say that I have very much struggled with my whole career is just the consistency with that. And like, I mean, I, I'd like to say, oh, no, we make 20K on every deal. And because we know our numbers and we're a machine and that's just not the case. Like we have, you know, deals that we've closed for 5,000, but then we have deals all the way up to 90,000, you know, too. So yeah. that's a... <laughs> <laughs> On my end, right, as the, the cash buyer, there are a couple of things. The first time that I think I paid, the max that I paid was 45000 mm -hmm. for a wholesaler. For a wholesaler. And I, but I made ninety eight at yeah. the end. Yeah, exactly. So, so I said to him, you keep coming. I'll yeah. pay you over and over again. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. the property sold prior of being listed on the market. So it was oh, like, awesome. we do that all day long. Let's yeah. go with that, right? But the that's the good part. The bad part is when we are bombarded by listings that don't fit our criteria. And, yeah. and the funny thing here, we're in Philadelphia, so... A lot of the houses are very, very old mm -hmm. and, and we know what it takes to renovate the entire house. And then when I see a rehab cost of 30,000 or 40,000, I was like, come on. Yeah. We 90. won't be able to do anything with yeah. that. Right. 
So in terms of the construction, I think this is an important piece. So there's no waste of time for anybody involved. Either the wholesaler knows about it or somebody on the team knows about it, or there's something else in place to, I'm not asking a very specific, you know, a GC estimate on it, but it's just, it's so far from the, the real number mm-hmm. that then I'm not trusting that wholesaler anymore because I was like, you really don't freaking know that's what it really takes. So how do you mitigate that? That's a hundred percent like what we really do try to avoid because it's exactly what you said is if you send out too many deals where your uh, rehab estimate is just botched, people are going to start stop trusting you and then not look at they're going to unsubscribe from your list, right? They're not going to want anything to do with your properties. And so I think just trying to be overly generous on it too, like there's, (laughs) it's a fine line though, because then I've had another, you know, a few instances where people are like, is the rehab really that much? Is there something that's not going on? Because I'm looking at the pictures and it doesn't seem like that much. And I'm like, yeah, we were just trying to be generous. There is a need to be as accurate as possible so that people do take you seriously. And it kind of depends on the area too. We usually do like, depending on the area, but like $50 per square foot in LA, unless it's a nicer area that you're going to need to um, to stretch that more. Um, But yeah, trying to, to just put a dollar amount to the square footage or per square footage has been pretty good for us. And then just talking to a few other, like if, if there is an instance where, you know, we're just like, I have no idea. I'll, uh, I will get a, a contractor friend out there and, and give me like, try to give me a, a better estimate. Yeah, that's great. And that's so important. I think something that a lot of women struggle with right now is finding really good wholesalers. Um, so they're, they're having to do it themselves. They're having to maybe do just the wholesaling themselves or find more deal flow because deal flow is a challenge. Yeah. So I'm curious though, from that vein, you know, and the really good wholesalers have some great buyers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know what I mean? Like they're not mm-hmm. like, it's not like they're just sitting around waiting for that new investor to come along. Right. So it's a building of a relationship, the really good Absolutely. ones usually. Yeah. The ones that have literally no relationships are the ones that send the random email blast out and you're just like, yeah, you don't have right. anyone to even sell you the property, to sell the property too. So for one listening who values wholesalers, wants to find more of them, moving into new markets, everyone's always pivoting and thinking about new markets. How do you find, how looks like some creative ways to find wholesalers? you know, to really find those good ones and then to differentiate yourself from every other investor that wants to work with those good wholesalers. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to to hear your perspective coming from the wholesaler perspective. Yeah. So to differentiate yourself, I would say, so there's a lot of people who just subscribe to our list, right? And they know where to find, like we have an offmarketinvesting.com. We have that website where people can just go and drop their information, but really a phone call just goes a long way. And let's like, if I know what the deal volume that you're doing, or maybe even a very specific area that you're looking for. So for, first and foremost, I mean, I look for people who are doing a high volume, right? When people are doing a high volume, they're better at making decisions 
and they're, you know, they pull the trigger when they see a deal and they know a deal and they, they're easy to work with. Right. It's, it's hard because some of the, there have been great buyers that maybe they're a little bit more picky or maybe they're not like an actual company. They're just, they have another job, but they're looking for a deal and, and want to invest. And they're great to work with because those buyers often will pay a little bit more but their decision making is a li- because they're not buying properties on you know on this conveyor belt where they're just like they're not what they're looking for and they're pulling the trigger they take a little bit more time and they they are a little bit harder to work with just because they are asking more questions they're which is fine i don't i don't mind people asking questions but they do just take a little bit more time to be able to bring that deal through to completion. So, but if I do know somebody, if that's instance for someone or that's the circumstance, but just letting us know which areas you're very interested in, like, Hey, if there's like this area, this square block in a specific neighborhood of LA, when, when you're telling me that that's what you're looking for and I get something, then I know to like to, to bring it to you first. Right. So yeah, being very specific about your criteria or, you know, just even having a conversation about what kinds of the volume you're doing. I mean, volume always gets my attention just because I know you're going to be easy to work with. Yeah. And taken seriously, right. Mm -hmm. Rather than like, I just read a real estate investing book and I want to to find some, you know, it's, it's, you're taken differently. And same thing, if you're talking to commercial brokers, last thing you want to say to a commercial broker is, you know, I just want to get into multifamily. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't have any money, Yeah, (laughs) you know, obviously. So one other question for you too, Christine, you talked a lot about creating the lifestyle you want. It's so important to us to, you know, empower women in our community to live life on their own terms. So curious, like we think it's so easy to say, yeah, I I want this lifestyle and that lifestyle. Curious what your lifestyle design looks like. And secondly, how you came upon it. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, since the beginning of when me and my husband got together, like when we met, I was living in Phoenix and he was in LA. So we, we did long distance dating for a few months and then we quit our jobs and went and backpacked through Europe for five months. So we've always been travelers. We go on at least like two international trips every year. And so I just, that's what I like. I like to be able to travel and go pick up whenever we want, but still still be making money. Right. So, so I think just being able to work wherever I want to work is, is really important to me. So that's why I have always really gravitated towards the virtual model. And, um, so that's important to me. And then also like, even for my team, my acquisitions manager, she's always bouncing around too. And I find people that do that, like interesting and, and just fun to work with, like people who like adventure in their lives. Right. And so it's kind of cool because I have, a, it's a, a small team, but like the three other people that I work with or work for me, I'll, I'll kind of fit that mold too. Yeah, that's great. And I think it's so simple and you said it just quickly, you know, about your, but it's so powerful because so mm-hmm. many times women do it the other, they do it the other way. They talk about the niches and the the strategy and they forget to really ask themselves those harder questions of, you know, what, what's this, you know, what's my perfect day look like? What do I want to be in five years? What's really ideal to me? And then how does the business move me towards that? Right. Big big question. So I think that's great. And clearly, clearly you did that early on and then, and then really expanded from there. So uh, Christina, how can the ladies listening, learn more about you and follow you along your journey? Yeah. So I have, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. 
Um, it's Christina Kudlock. You spelled my name C-R. There's no H in it. And then Kudlock is K-U-D-L-O-C-K. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, what's the most transformational book you ever read? Hmm, That's a good one. The most transformational book. You know what? I love Atomic Habits. I really do. I love the idea of just like a little bit more each day, a little bit better each day. You know, I think that's a great one. It is indeed. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Exercising in the morning. Yeah, without a doubt. Which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? My mom. Definitely my mom. My mom, she came to the United States from Mexico when she was like in junior high, high school. It's like the hardest time at all, you know, for transitioning for a kid. And she didn't know any English and everything. And so she's just had like, she's had a bumpy, hard life, but it's been inspiring to watch. So thank you so much for being on our show, sharing your tips and ideas and your path and appreciate your time very much. And, you know, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Andresa. It was great talking to you guys. Great. Talk to you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.